Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure depressive aggravation. Take a look and you'll see into your insomniatic imagination. Hi, kids. I'm your host, Sartini. Welcome to another episode of Depressed Ravings of an Insomniac. Today, it is currently 528 p.m. I am watching the sunset on one of my final days in Saigon. It's been a month here. We've had some ups, some downs. I hooked up with a dude. I got a rare strain of Jap of Vietnamese influenza, almost died, and week four has finally come to pass. Soon I'm off to Hanoi, but before I leave this city forever, I have to share with you one final story. A story so great and fantastic that I'm shaking with excitement. And today's story is yet another one of Sartini's special fantastic dating adventures. That's right, it's time for another story of Sartini's sexcapades. Ooh, that's right, kids. Today, we're talking about another one of my crazy dating stories. And like always, it began on Tinder. Now, if you'll remember last time, I'm a little bit... Mm, when it comes to Tinder right now, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm on edge, okay? Because last time I went on a Tinder date, turned out to be a dude. What? Still in shock over that, but it's pretty funny. So I was playing around on Tinder again, and you know, you guys know I'm trying to get out of dating, but at the same time, I'm a little bit addicted, so it's hard. And I figure, hey, Sartini, you can go into dating, just don't make it the entirety of your existence. Try maybe one girl every couple of weeks. Don't date five a week ever again, and I think we're good. That's the plan. So match with this one girl, and I look at her profile, and I just know. I, just, I know what's going. I know. I know what's going down. I can sense these things, okay? Her profile is just this, this gorgeous woman who is very fit-looking, and style is so good, I can't even describe to you. I mean, she was wearing the top brands, of course, got the Versace, the Gucci, but really, there's a special way she was pulling it off, and I, that I knew. I knew something was. I knew she was a little bit, you know, she was a little bit different from the the, the typical Tinder girl. Okay, styles a ten that catches my eye, and Lord knows the only thing Sartini looks for in a woman these days is, hey, can you dress well? Do you look good? Do you care about the fabrics you're wearing? just as much as you care about the people in your life. If you do, you're for me. So, fashion points, check out, very attractive, very good. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, I took a look at her bio, and her bio sent me a few red flags, okay? I read her bio, and it begins, quote, I'm amazing, all caps. Straight off the bat, we know what she thinks of herself. She's amazing. She then says, I'm only here for attractive, well-spoken people, no time for losers, guys with smelly armpits who wear t-shirts. I don't want to be around you. Only the best, period. Okay? Her bio was something like that. All I remember indefinitely was, I'm amazing, exclamation point, all caps, bolded. Okay? So, Initial look at this, I was like, all right, I know exactly what I'm opening with here. And I just send her the, the yield, yield opener. You look like you're high maintenance. 
Can you guess why I might have said that, kids? That's right, because she looks like one of those really pretty girls who thinks very highly of herself. All right? That's what my intuition was going into this. This girl's just super attractive, gets everything handed to her, super narcissistic as a result, right? She's hot. She knows it. She wants the world to know it, and she wants validation for it. That's what I'm thinking. So she responds back to me something about, you know, liking my style, and next thing you know, 12 messages later, I'm walking to a cafe to go meet up with this girl. And, you know, in 12 messages, you would think like, whoa, isn't that a little bit early for a date, Sartini? No. No, it's not. 12 messages is an ample amount of time, right? Like, back home, my record, I think, was like between four and six messages uh, picking a girl up and bring her back to my place. That was the record in America. I think on average, it's it's very good to show your intent as early as possible. Like, hey, I'm very attracted to you. You're very attracted to me. I think we might get along. Let's hang out. We're not prolonging this for a week. We're not prolonging this for a couple of days. Let's do this right now. If this is going to happen, and I want it to happen, and I know you do, let's just get on with it, okay? That's what my philosophy is on Tinder. And as I'm walking to this date, that's what I'm thinking about. But at the same time, I'm in a weird country, right? I don't quite know how things work. The only experience I have with women is when one happened to be a transsexual person. So, like, you know, I'm a little on edge. And I'm thinking kind of like as I'm walking, I was like, this is too good to be true. Something's got to go wrong. I don't believe it. So, you know, I, I get to this cafe. And honestly, I, I'm taking my time. I, I just don't think this is going to happen. You know, like, girl's too hot. Situation's too easy. I, I don't know. And I walk up to this cafe, and I, uh, I'm like, hello, table for one. And before I could even say table for one, before I could finish it, I hear this girl fucking screaming at me. She's like, over here, fuck you. You made me fucking wait. I've never waited so long for a man in my life. Actually, no. You made me wait 15 minutes. I've never waited a singular moment for a man once. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I just look her in the eyes and go, huh. Thought your style would be better. Give her a quick laugh. She quiets up. And we start talking. Right off the bat again, seems like she's very narcissistic from one perspective. And that was what I was kind of thinking until she started telling me about her life. As I predicted, the girl... I would... I mean, like, guys, I, I really cannot do justice of the description of how attractive this woman was, okay? I haven't seen a person this attractive in so long. Like, I, like, just looking at her made me, like, sick with nervousness. Like, I couldn't believe that I was there. And you have to realize, for me, this is very important to, to date a woman of, of this caliber because, you know, just... Simply like three, two, three years ago, I was, you know, crying in my bathroom because I, I couldn't find like the right kind of woman to date or I, I couldn't, you know, I could hook up with the girls, but they weren't attractive as I'd like to. I mean, they were still pretty in their own way, but I, I never felt like, you know, I always felt like there was something I, I just couldn't do. There were so many blocks and I'd be so upset with myself for not being able to have relationships properly to keep relationships, to go out with, you know, intelligent or interesting women like I really felt shitty about myself for so long. And to be in the same room with this person who's so beautiful I can't even express, it was an amazing moment for me. And um, I was really scared to be there 
And typically what I do when I get scared is just maintain as much eye contact as possible, right? Because it's like the, the only way to, to deal with your fear or nervousness is to just stare right directly in the face of those fears. In doing so, you can sort of realize that you are afraid, but it doesn't have to control you. You just have to zone in on whatever it is you're doing and try to sort of, in a way, merge that fear with you. View the beautiful woman you're looking at as an extension of your being. And if you can do that, you can take the fear and the anxiousness out of your speech and just remain calm. So these are some of the initial thoughts I had. Now, like I said, immediately she began talking about herself and her life story. The first thing she mentioned was that in her time waiting for me, she looked on my YouTube page. And as you guys know, my YouTube's a little weird. I talk about suicide, I talk about dating, and I talk about women and crazy stories of my life. And there's usually two responses I have with that mixture. One, you're an insane person. And granted, I definitely am. But that's not something I want to cover on the first date, right? Two, oh my God, you're a misogynistic bigot. You don't know anything about women. How dare you speak about women without actually being a woman? That's another response I was assuming I was going to get. But she actually went the third route and explained to me that she... Listen to my last uh, video I posted, uh, which is number two of Depressed Ravings of an Insomniac about uh, relationships. And she said that she loved it so much she was in awe. And that was like her opening line. And, and I was amazed because like, whoa, you know, it, it, it's one thing to, to, to like my stuff, but you're in awe by it. What is this? So she comes in, you know, at first being really angry that I was late making her wait. But in reality, now she's seems to be extraordinarily attracted to me because she's seen my content and thank god uh you know she thinks that i know what i'm talking about like just just having that premise where we don't have to argue with one another we can just sort of exist in a space and kind of discuss these deeper ideas was amazing to me so i'm 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 having a great time right we start off there then she goes into her life and she explains to me how like her father's some like multi-millionaire dude like her mother's gorgeous they got her into modeling uh, when she was young, she's traveled all over the world. I mean, she's she's been to you know Vietnam and America and Singapore and Thailand and Paris and Milan and like so many hundreds of different places she's fly, flown to. And just yesterday, she said she was in in Singapore doing you know celebrating her birthday, doing fashion shoots and and whatnot. And then she began showing me all of these pictures on these Instagram accounts with hundreds of thousands and millions of, of followers and she's like look I went with this guy here and I did this with this people and we were at this party here and look here's this famous person and it was amazing because it was like whoa okay this girl like I know that she's attractive but she's so gorgeous she in a way lives in like this own world she's like outside of society right it, very attractive women are, I find to be very interesting because th there's different levels of them, right? Like there's like, wow, this girl's very pretty and, you know, like I'm very attracted to you. And, you know, that's like a normal woman, we'll say. Then there's like the hottest, like the most attractive, just hottest, beautiful girl in like your, your you know, your school or your city or your town. Like if there's this woman that, that's very beautiful, everyone knows about it and everyone, you know, sort of treats that person differently. For men, when they see a beautiful woman, it, it's that, you know, most of the time I, I think it's like, you know, like we very much want to be with her in some sexual capacity. And we don't really know how to do that. So we typically think that being nice to her and validating her, calling her very beautiful and trying to buy her drinks, you know, we, we think if we validate her enough that she'll reciprocate the 
feelings with us and we can be with her in a sexual light. I think this is a very poor view of interactions with women, but it seems to be the one that men typically have. And um, even after the most beautiful girl you can possibly imagine, right, there lives women that are so goddess-like in appearance, we'll say, that they kind of live outside of reality, right? Like, there are, I don't know if you are aware of this. I've dated some of them, and this girl included. Like, there are women who are so beautiful that they are literally flown around the world. They can be models, or sometimes they're just so beautiful. Like, men pay just to be in the same room with them for periods of time. They pay, like, tens of thousands of dollars to just spend time with these beautiful women. They'll fly them all around. They'll buy them whatever they want, okay? Now... Her telling me the story of this happening to her, originally I had viewed this as like, well, this girl's so narcissistic, talking about how you know gorgeous she is, how much men like her. But then I realized like, oh no, she just lives in a completely different reality than most people are used to. You would think that her talking about her beauty and her, you know, all these men flying her around and, you know, these, these crazy immaculate trips and vacations, you would think that's very narcissistic and that she's trying to look toward me for validation to, you know, submit to her and to give her something like everyone else has. But in reality, she's just explaining to me her daily life. This is how she lives. It's as though she was explaining to me what the weather might be. But she's at that level of beauty where this craziness or what sounds like insanity is just her given day, okay? And once I started to understand that, you know, it's a very strange feeling to be in the same room with this person because these women act very differently, I find, than the normal girls, okay? They're very, you know, they have so many options. They have so many men that will give them whatever they want and more, right? So they only spend time with people that they deem worth it. They thus become very genuine. If they like you, they will let you know every step of the way. If they don't like you, they will leave. And she kept referencing this point. She's like, you know, she was explaining to me that, you know, she kind of, she liked my internet content and, you know, she was taking very well to my jokes and it was great. And she just kept repeatedly saying like, listen, you know, I, I like you very much. If I didn't, I would just leave. You know, I've got all these other options. And um, to be in the same room with that caliber of person, as I was trying to say before, it is amazing to me because, I, you know, there's so many years of my life where I just didn't understand how to relate to people at all and I was trapped in my own head and I would lose like these amazing girls and I could never keep a relationship for more than two weeks at one point. The girls I would date would be terrible quality like I've dated some felons previously as well. The particular girl I'm thinking might actually be in jail right now. You know, I've dated sociopaths and schizophrenics and like people that aren't healthy to me I've dated a lot of them or, you know, just people I didn't want to be with at the time, but they were the only things I had. And I was so sad I had to, I had to take them because that was what was there, you know. I've been in these awful situations for a long period of time. And to be in the same room with someone who simply takes no shit at all ever because she just has so many millions of other th potential things she could be doing. Just to have her be in the same room with me and not only for us to be in the same room but her to enjoy my presence – I mean, I can't explain to you what that what that means to me because it shows that in my head, I, I think myself to have been on this this crazy journey, advent, this crazy dating adventure, a kind of amazing hero's quest. I feel like I've completed my quest. Of course, there's always more to go, but I feel like I've, you know, I've come far. And to have that reciprocated, to have someone tell me exactly I am who I think I am or I've done the things that I suppose I've done. 
it was so amazing because I, I felt so, sh- I, you know, I, I felt rather terrible these last couple of months. I have, you know, I've been waiting around. I've been trying to get to Asia, trying to get started on a job, but it's taken me about, you know, three, four, five, soon to be six months now. I'm just kind of waiting around in my ass. And in that time, I've been questioning my life in so many ways. Like, you know, who am I? Where do I want to go? Do I want to get rid of everything? I don't know. And I don't know was all I was left with. But here I have this woman who's just so absolutely gorgeous and in every way I can't even stop talking about it because it's amazing. And I have this person speaking to me as though I've done these amazing things. And um, needless to say, after that amount of praise, you know, we made out a little bit in the cafe and I took her back to my place. Now, (laughs) hooking up with women here is very strange, okay? Because when I'm, you know, back at college, I had my own house, right? I had my own apartment and I had roommates, but they lived in separate rooms. So I was in a private room with one, okay? Here, very different, okay? I live in a terrible hostile style hotel all right it's gross here we had some cockroaches on the ground earlier it is not a nice looking establishment and uh it's a very old looking building right not only that but i live with two men in the same room as i'm in all right there's no privacy so before i leave i'm a little hesitant about bringing her back home but she explained to me she lives in a penthouse apartment next to her mother okay she didn't want to bring the foreign white boy in to her penthouse and have her mother, you know, freak out on her. Clearly, you know, don't want to annoy the mom given their high social status, all right? That's what I was picking down. That's what I was picking up, and I'm fine with it. So I text my roommates, like, guys, I'm bringing this girl home. Is it cool if I, you know, come back now and have the room for a couple hours? One of them says yes, and I'm thinking, perfect. If one says yes, the other one will be fine. Let's go. Go back to my house. Go upstairs. Open the door. I'm like, all right, come on in. Girl and I walk into the door, open it, and then boom, I make eye contact with my roommate. This isn't normal eye contact, okay? This is the dude's naked, and there's a woman on top of him. I brought my date into a room where two people are having sex. Fuck me. Fuck me. (laughs) Apparently not. So... They're having sex. I'm like, oh, this is normal. I've seen, you know, like, whatever. I don't care. They scream. I'm like, whatever. My girl screams bloody murder. She freaks out and, like, sprints in her high heels. She's running toward the elevator to get away. She's not having it. I just look, you know, and and me, I, you know, this is, I feel like this is normal. I don't know. Sex isn't strange to me, you know. I like just look him in the eye. I'm like, yeah, just text me and let me know when you're done with the room. Okay, bye. So I run down the hallway, catch the elevator right before it closes, get her she's freaking out she's calling a taxi she's like running away you know goes out the door and i you know i, I gotta run after her. i'm like don't worry about it it's fine it's fine she's like no nah, dude that was too much i gotta go see you later so what i do in my head i pick her up <laughs> okay just whoop just swoop her up like superman picking up lois lane for a flight and i'm like all right cancel your ride we're gonna go to a uh, little cafe and uh, I carry her a few blocks, and we arrive at this, you know, really nice cafe. It's called Yoko Cafe. It's uh, devoted to Yoko Ono and John Lennon. Really cute little place. And it's just a live music bar. And her and I, you know, she calms down a little bit, orders a fruit tray and a drink. And we just listen to this live music. And, you know, we make out a little bit in the back. And we're laughing and having a good time. And, uh, yeah, after that, I bring her back to my place. We have really fantastic uh, sex Really appreciated that. I uh, thought we had an amazing connection. And the best part of 
dates with women for me, I'm not very much into sex. I don't enjoy it as much as I should. I have a very low sex drive. I have really no reason to have sex with people. Um, I just do it because I feel like I kind of need to, right? Like if you want to bond with, uh, you know, if you're a woman that wants to bond with a man, a man that wants to bond with a woman, I feel like the best way to do that is to just open up your entire body to that other person so you can gain this, you know, like when you're having sex with someone, that that's what you're doing. You're, you're you know, th- this weird transcendental spiritual arena with another person. You're sharing all of your being. You're not holding anything back. And I like the thought of that kind of connection. I just don't like the sort of, you know, primal animal state of man that you need to embody to have sex in, you know, something like that. I, I don't like it. Um, that's a personal problem for me, something I'm trying to work out. I-, I don't really know how to tackle it, but we had a lot of fun together. And how you know you're having a really fun time with a girl is when you two just stop having sex during the middle of it, say fuck it, and just fucking just hug it out for like an hour, you know? And doing that with this girl was awesome. I really in- enjoyed that last part because it's like, yo, we can, we can just chill and hang out. We don't even need to have sex. Like, that that's the the amount of fun we're having. Like, it doesn't even matter. Let's just be in the same room. And that was a really fun date. Um, very happy overwhelmed with joy that she wasn't a dude like last time you know (laughs) like holy shit I can't explain to you like I was so because like apparently I'm so dumb that I can't tell these things so you know (laughs) do that information what you will I'm just I'm just very happy um and you know for me that was kind of like God saying like hey you know you can do dating just make sure it doesn't consume you you know, you, you've done well so far. You, you went from this stupid, loser, nice, idiot, weak, no one liked, not even yourself, to a good enough person, a cool enough, a calm enough person in which you can actually have fun with someone and you can provide value to that person in these interactions. And honestly, at the end of the date, um, you know, I took, I took her down to her taxi, said goodbye, and I, again, I, I know what that kind of girl is like, you know, they fly around the world, they live outside of reality. I'm sure, you know, I expect this girl to be back in Singapore, like doing cocaine and partying in a giant penthouse and having thousand dollar bills thrown all over. Like, you know, like that, that's what I'm thinking. And like, whether I see this girl again or not, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you go out on a date with someone, you have a great time and you see them again or you don't. Like, the future isn't particularly real. I don't really think the past is so much either. It's all about what you're doing right now. To me, I'm making a podcast. I might have a heart attack in the end of this and die. Like, you don't know. All there is is the moment you have. And for me, when I'm with a girl, it's about how much fun can I have the two of us share together? What kind of stories can we make up and explore together, you know? And I think that's the healthiest way to go about a date. It's not like, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. This person is so much more attractive than me. How do I like converse with her? And it's not like, oh my God, I have to have sex with this woman. Like, oh my, if I don't have sex with her, I'm not going to feel validated. So I failed. Like, no, no, no. It's just like, let's spend time together and we'll see where this goes. If I see you again, that's amazing. I would love to have you as a part of my life. But if I don't, that's okay. That's just not what's meant to be. Now, there's one thing more I'd like to talk about, right? So at some point, this girl told me about her parents. And she said they're, you know, again, her father's like this millionaire in America and her mom's a very gorgeous woman. 
Now, if you say words to me, I believe them. It's out of good faith. I have faith in people. I like people. I want to believe what you're saying. But she said this really strange thing about her parents that terrified me. She was saying that her parents are in an open marriage. And at first I was laughing at this. Like, that's crazy. Clearly you're telling me a joke. But she was just like, no, 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 this is very serious, right? And, and I told her to explain what she meant. So she did. And she explained to me that her dad, being this really successful guy, you know, he has to live apart from his wife. So his wife's over in Singapore, I think, and he's chilling in, like, Texas. And he's just this big businessman who's, you know, kind of sounds like me. He just runs a variety of successful companies, makes a lot of money in the daytime, at nighttime goes out clubbing and partying and just is around all these attractive women and frequently has sex with them. And she said that she's an only child and she loves her parents very much and that her mother is entirely okay with her father's lifestyle and that every time she goes to visit him in Texas, she's happily in love and is so excited to spend time with him and then understands that he lives his own life, so she goes back to Singapore. And hearing that might be a typical Asian thing, I'm not really sure, but to me that was terrifying because she also mentioned that I kind of, she sensed that aura about me as well. She said something about me reminding her of this like 50-year-old dude she was dating who did the same thing. And to me, the reason that's so scary is because like, hey, the thing I want most in life is to get married to one woman and just settle down and have a little family, right? Like that that's what I want. But like, what if I get married to a girl, but I still like find need to go out and date other girls, you know, like what happens then? What happens if I get everything I've ever wanted in my life, a wife and let's say like three to five kids, like let's say I have that, like what happens when I'm traveling around the world as an entertainer trying to, to teach people and I fall into my old habits? What if I can't escape this life for myself? Like I said two episodes ago that I took that, you know, tranny <laughs> as a sign from God to like, hey, stop dating, focus on your life, do better. But like clearly I, I can't keep my word in this category. Like I find myself needing to, you know, do things like go on Tinder and take out a bunch of girls and like hook up all the time. Like I, I feel a need to do that because I feel that that's where my best self kind of comes to play. I'm much more calm when I'm one on one with a woman and there's some sexual tension between us. Like that that's my elephants where I element, not elephant, element. That's where I feel most at home. That's where I feel like I'm I'm being my best self. And if I'm not dating people, well, I, I just don't feel very well, right? Like, I'm a very sad man, naturally. I'm very pessimistic and a curmudgeon and a cynic. and uh, Like, that's how I am normally. But, you know, what if I can't get out of that frame, right? Like, what if I kind of have gone too far down this hole and this is all I know now? And maybe I'm destined to get everything I've ever wanted but ruin it at the end of the day. To have everything I want, to love it and want to be with it, but because I'm so used to doing something else, because I'm so used to fulfilling an old narrative that I won't be able to escape it. And her saying that about her parents, honestly, like that was just right after we had sex and I almost cried. There's nothing more terrifying to me than ruining a relationship with you know my potential life partner. I don't know why that's so scary to me, but it seems to be an area of insecurity. You know, for example, like, the past couple of weeks, I've been having these god-awful nightmares in which 
I meet with a girl and we have this great experience together. We go on an adventure around the country and we come back home. We get married. All of our friends and family are there. Then, you know, the girl gets pregnant in my dreams and then, boom, something happens. Either she kills herself or she has a miscarriage or she dies during childbirth or something. Like, it's really weird. And I've been having that dream often. I'm, I'm not sure what it means. But, you know, I think her saying that about her, like, you know, her parents and me kind of being like her playboy sounding father like that's just so terrifying because that's the thing I really don't want in my life you know like I I I don't know I don't know what it is I I can't unpack it yet it's not time for me to understand but god damn that's terrifying and my dreams are nuts man I mean like there's there are very few days where I I have happy sort of dreams or something that doesn't quite terrify me you know dreams are weird I'm, I'm not sure what mine means Perhaps it's something like it's time to I, – I, I take my dreams as sort of like, hey, Sartini, you know, you've come to terms with your feminine side. You've integrated it into your being. You're very good at, you know, feelings and intuition and, you know, you're, you're good at that, that women stuff now, you know. Like you, you have that part of the power of your spirit down. But maybe that part needs to die again. Maybe you've gone – to the extreme maybe you've become in a way too feminine and you have to kill off that part of you once again you can return to it later but now it needs to die so you can make way for the masculine and maybe this journey my destiny here is is going to follow that trend maybe being here is going to lead me to become this weird crazy you know like mountain man total like dominant dude or something like that like I don't know just like a typical just like I'm a man's man or like maybe that's what my destiny is now so I've been thinking about that later but really guys that that is my greatest fear in life in case you're wondering it's getting married or really in any relationship and not being able to quit the lifestyle I have now so I hope that trying to channel this more teacher-based energy and to try to give back more will gain me the grounding necessary so I don't have to be consumed by this narrative. For me, dating is my favorite thing. It's kind of like a hobby, but sometimes I go too far and I, I wonder if I'm there or I wonder how to tell. I remember looking into Vietnamese history before I came to this country and it, it seemed they had a very rich history of a belief in sort of, you know, talent versus destiny. Like, do we have these grand destinies, something larger than ourselves to fulfill? Is you know, God commanding us to live in a certain way and that's what we're supposed to do? Or is it all about talent? Is it all about the, you know, are you naturally born with something that makes you better than others? And if you are, are you supposed to rise above all and then teach others how to live the same life? Or is it more of a skill-based system? Are you born with nothing and you're supposed to learn just one thing and master that, you know? Like the Vietnamese kind of had this sort of questioning written within their history. And I wonder at this point in my life what my destiny might be, you know? It seems to me that I'm on this really interesting path of transcendence, you know? I I have sizable accomplishments in my life, you know? I can't express to you enough. Like, I, you know, I remember I, I used to have dates scheduled with women and they wouldn't work out. And I remember this one in particular. I was scheduled to meet up with a girl in like five minutes. I was going to go pick her up. We were going to have coffee and it was going to be great. But then she canceled the date and her reasoning wasn't to cancel the date so much as her boyfriend was asking her to stay home and hang out with him instead. 
and I was so bad with women at one point, I, I couldn't even discern whether a woman liked me for a friend or in a sexual light, you know? Like, I was at that level, and now I'm here dating these crazy international models, and it's like, fuck, you know? I, I find dating to be the ultimate learning experience for men, and I don't know, like, it's definitely not an ingrained talent, social skills anyway, you know, to be around women or even to make friends with other dudes. Like, I don't think that's a talent thing. I think it's a skill, you know? And for me, my, my skill I've always wanted to work on was this thing with speaking, how to carry myself properly, how to speak with force, to tell stories rather than just mere statements of cliches, you know? That was always my ambition. And to have come this far, it's the most amazing feeling in the world. And I think if you're like a struggling, depressed loser, like I often feel like, it doesn't really matter. That's a narrative you have and that we might share, but you're not going to live in that narrative all of the time. It's not a constant thing. You're always taking new forms. And if, you know, the pursuit of betterment is, is something that you want and you're attacking it in your specific area, maybe things will work out. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But like, you know... Most of your existence is going to be pain, suffering, and hardship. There are going to be very few times in which you actually feel good about yourself from what I noticed. But just because you feel like, you know, like just last week I wanted to kill myself, like just because you have that emotion or feeling or thought or something, like it's not over. Do you understand? Just because you're crying in your bathroom because a woman had a boyfriend and you didn't understand she was just asking you out as a friend – you know, that doesn't mean things are over yet. There's still more to go. There, This might, you know, you might have no transcendent destiny, but maybe you do. Maybe you're supposed to do something a little bit better with yourself, and, and maybe you're just going through this pain because that's what you need to learn at the moment, you know? And I, I'm trying to say something cool right now because I feel so great about that interaction, but I can't. The only thing I can tell you is like, fuck, guys. I mean, moving to Saigon, I love the city. I think it's gorgeous. And I'm excited to travel around the rest of Asia and bring back to you more stories. And I think my next video kind of I would like to sort of share, you know, the psychology of hot women, we'll call it. You know, I, I, I would like to work through this narcissism thing because – Sometimes I, I think even hearing myself talk is, is kind of narcissistic, right? Like, oh, look at me. My life is so cool. I have sex with all these women and I have all these really great students I get to work with. And my spiritual advisors are amazing people who get to teach me something, you know, every day of my life and keep my ass in shape. Like, in a way, it sounds narcissistic, but just like that girl was, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm an international model and I fly around and I'm with all these men all the time and they're amazing. Like, it's just telling the weather, yeah? We all have different paradigms of normalcy. You know, for me, it's going on crazy adventures and half dying from avian influenza. What's your level of normal? How are you going about achieving that? And I think most importantly, like, do you enjoy the narrative you're currently on? Do you think it might be able to get better? And I think sometimes in those moments when I'm crying in my bathroom and I don't believe the answers that life gets better, it's times like these where I go, right, I've got something more to do. I might be on the right path right now, and if I can stick with it long enough, maybe the person I think I'm trying to become, I can wake up and one day after going through these crazy experiences, I'll actually become that person. 
And I think I'm finally that person that I've always wanted to be, always wanted to strive towards. So now that I've got the personality down, the question for me remains, what more can I do? What direction do I take now? I've accomplished the old dream of really fulfilling that whole, you know, let's go become popular and develop a social media following and let's be a cool guy. I think I've done that. But now for me, I think the question is, how can I more so give this on to other people? I'd really prefer instead of being like, you know, the classic cool guy that just sits in a bar, sips drinks and have, you know, women throw themselves all over him. That's something that every man pictures wanting in their heads when they're growing up. That's something that every guy wants. Now that I can do that and I have done that, my thing is teaching. I would like, I love going into schools and teaching little kindergarten kids. I love doing that. I'm glad I can do that for a career, but how can I make my YouTube content more teaching friendly? How can I teach other men to fulfill their own journeys? That's why I'm in Asia and I'm going to stay here for some time until I really answer my qu that question. How can I go on to give more, teach more, and bring people up toward transcendence? I'm not claiming to be the best. I'm not claiming to know very much. I just want to share what I've got. And that's why I love this podcast so much because I'm just here telling about my life and, you know, trying not to be such a depressed sack of shit. And I think really conveying these, the intention anyway, is to help other people do the same, to work through their shitty life problems. And I'm glad I get to do that. And I'm excited to really hunker down and move to a rice farm and figure out how to really take my channel to the next level and start marketing this thing. So now that we're here, well, now that I'm here, I'm glad you're here with me, and thanks so much for joining me today. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, hit the bell, notifications, write to me in the comments, handwrite me a letter, send it to me as a postcard, do whatever the fuck it is you need to do. If you like the episode, support me. I'll support you. And I will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>